0: Welcome in. This is the John Cast podcast. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I really. It's brought to you by Ian's Pizza in Madison, Milwaukee, Denver, and Seattle. It's a great stocking step for one of those gift cards. You can go stop by, pick up a gift card because who doesn't love Ian's Pizza? So I'm going to get to our Ian's Pizza $500 cash for the holidays keyword. A little, a little bit. Day. And I had He's someone reach out to me on Twitter and asking, hey, how does exactly does this work? I'm, I'm following along. Am I supposed to send like the scrambled message? So here's what's going on. Starting with the Bull Ryan episode, episode 15, I'm giving you a word or word 15, 16, 17, all the way up to these, this one. And the next one after that, that's Dennis Punzel. He'll be joining the podcast every so often trying to get it to work. Um, and uh, so anyway, you, you, you go back, you collect these keywords. It's going to form a secret message. You put it all together, you unjumble it, if that's a word. And then you message once all the keywords are out there. And everyone who DMs me at John Cast Podcast on Twitter, at John Cast Podcast on Instagram, at John Audius Radio also on Twitter will be available for this $500 cast for the holidays. Okay, so we're going to get to that keyword or word combo here. Final four, four and- edition of the John Cast Podcast. I am in Columbus, Ohio, at Nationwide Arena, site of the National Seminole. He did Louisville, and then the other matchup has Pitt versus Nebraska. I'm here with Lee Feinswag of VolleyballMag.com. Dennis Punzel of the Wisconsin State Journal should be chiming in every once in a while. This is like an impromptu Point Wisconsin slash John Cass podcast slash special edition podcast. So, Lee, the way I start most of my podcasts is I ask my guests, what are you drinking today?
1: Well, the the key word, by the way, for your trivia thing is uh, VolleyballMag.com. Everybody knows that. Okay. Yes. All
0: okay. is where you need all that. Yes. Okay. <laughs>
1: not, not to just ruin the flow, but to give a shameless plug. Hey, it's great <laughs> to be with
0: you. Yeah. What are you drinking today? Um, nothing yet. <laughs> you, sh- you should probably drink some water. I'm just saying. That'll help. I definitely need to be hydrated. <laughs> I've got my coffee this morning here at the Media Center at Nationwide Arena um all right so dennis by the way who's going to try to jump in on this podcast he can't get it to work it says uh he's i don't know he says i'm sure lee can carry the show it's what all he right just that's a lot him. of pressure but anyway <laughs> are you excited uh, right, about so-
1: the match john should be really
0: cool wisconsin and louisville huh oh i'm super excited about the match uh i want to get to that in just a second so here's the keyword combo uh very merry Very uh, space Mary, very Mary is today's keyword combo. One more keyword combo to get to before you get that secret message. And I'm telling you, people out there are like, I know exactly what it is. They don't know what it is. I'm just going to say that. They don't know what it is. Um, Yeah, I'm excited for this matchup. This is going to be pretty, pretty dang cool between Wisconsin and Louisville. Louisville comes in undefeated. How do you see this matchup? The Big Ten champ versus the ACC champ. It's the Big Ten ACC challenge.
1: You know, every time I keep thinking Louisville just isn't good enough to do this or Louisville is not good enough to do that, Louisville just keeps on doing it. I mean, you know, 32 and 0, they've beaten all the big players, and the record, the record and performance speaks for itself. It's an extremely quick, extremely athletic team. They transition so good, they run a fast offense, a lot of just a lot of good stuff that they do. Talented, uh, big and strong. But in comparison, and you, you know, if you just do the eyeball test from having watched, Wisconsin has all of the things I just mentioned, but is bigger and stronger. And Wisconsin has better players at the two key positions, which is setter. Um, Sidney Hilly's the best setter in the tournament, and Lauren Barnes is the best Libero in the tournament. And for that reason, you would think. That Wisconsin would win. Now, Wisconsin's shown that there's, you know, there's, there's some chinks in the armor, but every team has that. But very few. And Louisville, however, has not. So, you know, on paper, it ought to be a fabulous match. Is that a yeah. good, fairly tactful, non-committal way to describe <laughs> it?
0: I think so. No, I like the way you describe it. Because this is a great setter matchup for volleyball fans. You talk about the best setter in the country, like you just said, and in, in the of Wisconsin led the nation in assists per set. And then was also in that same position as, as Hilly. They both won conference setter of the year. They're both grad students, and they're both really dang good. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, for Tori Dilfer, I mean, this, this setter matchup is is phenomenal. It's, I guess it's who can get their setter the ball in the best positions.
1: Well, um, you know, next week we'll be doing our VolleyballMag.com All-American teams, National Player of the Year, Freshman of the Year, Coach of the Year, that stuff. And I know some of my voters – are going to vote for Sidney Hilly as player of the year. Some of my voters are going to vote for Tory Dilfer as player of the year. And I've had a couple of them already tell me that. Um, me personally, I won't vote for either one of them, but there's a couple others who I like, but
0: that's just how good they are. It's just such a star-studded lineup because you just said player of the year, those two players won on each side. Who could be a player of the year candidate as well with, you know, leading Wisconsin in I'm, hitting percentage and kills. And she's in her fifth year, too. So there's even more star power behind this one.
1: Yeah, I like Sometimes you're watching Wisconsin play and Retke will get a couple of errors and her hitting percentage will drop down to like 667 or something. <laughs> and you go, oh, it's over. She's, she's lost it. She don't have it anymore. <laughs> I mean, you know, are you kidding me? It's just, it's just amazing. She's a, and You know, the thing about I don't know the Louisville players that well. I, I I know their coach, Danny Busboom Kelly, a long time, and think the world of her. And um, they seem like a group of really nice kids. They really represented super well uh, yesterday in the, the the press conferences we had. But I do know the Wisconsin team really well. You know, I came up there and spent time in 2019. I communicate with Kelly Sheffield, the coach, and players on the on the team over the course of the pandemic and all of last spring, and then I went up there again this season and spent time, and that is absolutely the nicest group of people, the most wonderful kids. Um, You just, uh, you know, I know that Wisconsin fans love this team, and and you should, but I've got to tell you, it's the old cliche. They are just so nice, just great kids. They're good students. They're wonderful media subjects. I mean, every one of them are just so nice to talk to, and they happen to be uh, pretty fabulous volleyball players.
0: Yeah, they they just uh, they really are. By the way, I have put out a tweet, Lee. Um, that says if anybody has any questions for you, to send them my way on Twitter. So we may be taking some Twitter questions as this podcast goes on. By the way, I, I to, get a dollar for every Twitter question you come up yep, with. By the way, that, that's okay. right. Yep. Just, yep. We've we we've agreed. Just make to make sure. Yep. Okay. Um, I, okay. So you mentioned your good friends, or you, or you talk you talk frequently with Coach Kelly Sheffield of the Badgers. Uh, he had a question for you. He wanted to know your favorite scene. <laughs> you know, Kelly
1: and I are both aficionados of the movie Blazing Saddles. And everybody goes, oh, you could never make it today. And that's such a shame. Um, boy, that's like asking you to pick your uh, favorite kid. You know, <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, uh um, there are more lines in there that are just so funny. I I am going to stay politically correct and not tell you any of my favorite scenes in there. I, I did tell him that when I haven't, I, he I, did qualify, you know, when he did advance to the, uh, I'll give you my favorite, a line that I applied for him and it was go do that voodoo
0: that you do so well. <laughs> That's from Bla- I, I'm going to be honest with you. I've never seen blazing saddles. Oh my gosh! I know. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh! But that's the result uh, that line. Came for from. those of you, if anybody does decide
1: to watch it, don't do it with young children. Okay. Um, but uh, oh my gosh, it's it's so funny.
0: Wait, Isn't the, that great? You do the voodoo. You, the, the you do the voodoo. You do whatever that line. That-
1: Go do the voodoo that you do so well. Oh, and uh, it's right before it's before the big ending scene. Yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> All right. So I'll, I'll let
0: Kelly let's take a step back before we talk a little bit more about the final part here. How did you get into what you're doing now? Oh, wow. Um, well, I was a c-
1: club director. My, my wife who's retired from coaching. Uh, she was a, in four halls of fame as a high school volleyball coach. And I got into volleyball because I was sent to do a story on her. Luckily she was a good interview. And, the whole story is too long to tell you, but she ultimately became a coach in Baton Rouge, where I live. She wasn't in, over in Lafayette, Louisiana, but then she came to Baton Rouge. And then in 2000, I took over the volleyball club and renamed it and restructured it, called it Volleyball Baton Rouge. So I was in the culture of the sport. Okay. And then in 2011, I went to work for NCA.com and uh, covered, oh gosh so many championships and wrote so many stories and really loved writing about volleyball. And I covered my first national championship that year, which was 10 years ago. In fact, I have a story coming out on Saturday or Friday or Saturday. I haven't decided when to post it about that. It was UCLA beat Illinois, Mm -hmm. but, uh, 10 years later, but, uh, the next year NCA.com decided they didn't want to have any writers. And so I approached volleyball magazine and it was like the scene from uh, Butch Cassidy to Sundance Kid when he goes, well, considering you're desperate, I'm desperate and you're exactly what I need. <laughs> so I immediately became like the National College Volleyball writer for Volleyball Mag- Magazine. The website was negligible. And then to fast forward to 2016, my partner, Ed Chan, called me. We weren't partners then. And I was like, why is Ed calling me? He said, hey, we can buy Volleyball Magazine. You want to buy it? And I said, sure. And we did. So we killed the print, and then uh, if I can brag for a second, so that first calendar year, 2017, the full calendar year, we had 950,000 page views at VolleyballMag.com, and we were pretty excited about it. This year, with 15 calendar days left for 2021, we're at 2.1 million. Wow. And I think that's both a product of hard work, good fortune, and then people appreciating what we're doing and just churning out the content and the growth of our sport you know i mean girls and women's volleyball beach volleyball men's the olympic year was a big boost and this ncaa uh season slash tournament has been page click gold mine for us it's just fantastic and i really appreciate that you know the stuff that i do gets read because you know you want to do it and uh you know one thing that's really cool john is that We have the Google Analytics for everything. You know, I I can pop on there and go, I wonder who's reading right now. And, oh, somebody in Kuala Lumpur is reading VolleyballMag.com or somebody down in Rio. But over those 2.1 million page views, the average reading time, and not all of it's written, some of it's video, but an average of two minutes and 28 seconds or something. So people are actually on the site reading. You know, we're not all just a quick hit Twitter world, and that's really cool.
0: Yeah. That so, is pretty cool. Yeah. Cause you'd think yeah, nowadays, ex- like, and, you
1: know, it's, it's very, yeah, it's very gratifying.
0: Yeah. You would think nowadays yeah. somebody would just click on something and they'd skim through it or just look at the headline and move on. But to see like yeah. people retention that people actually go there and, and they go for a while. Now you mentioned the clicks of, you know, over 2 million clicks in 2021 and this, this national semifinals, I've always felt like um, for people who may not be into the volleyball world or into the sport if they turn on espn or what they see is number one the best teams competing and some of the best players in the conference in the country like we were talking about but then they see like a sold out arena and i'm sure nationwide is getting there here for the columbus national semis and that just i think adds another element like to see all these fans enjoying this sport and the, the sport goes so quickly you're in and out in two hours like there's so many positive things that i think volleyball could be you know even bigger than what we're talking about in 2021
1: yeah you know um jared elliot would like to see once we get to the round of eight have it be a best two out of three oh,
0: and he really? thinks it
1: would be an unbelievable uh tv venture and i can't argue with him could you imagine if this was uh you know something like that or this was a, a pool play round robin today
0: God, and then we different. moved you know and it was a three-day <laughs> tournament how cool would that be It would be so different, but I'm sure you could. I don't know, man. I mean, just my first uh, reaction is, yeah, I get it. Like you'd have that extra opportunity to bounce back. Upsets that just happened, but there's something also kind of cool about that, in my opinion, too. I don't know. That's that's. I I think I have to think about that one for a while. Yeah, that's a. It's definitely something to consider, huh? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: but, but, so, okay, I mean, so I mean, you
1: know, it's ty- I, I, the one thing though, is I'm so tired right now, John, and we're only in like the second day. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine two I can't out even three. imagine if he told me we were going to, you know, they just expanded the NCAA beach, which I cover every year in uh, Gulf shores, Alabama from, uh, eight teams to 16. Well, that means they've got to add at least one more day to it, if not two. And that tournament's a grind because as fun as it is, it's hot as hell. You're out on the beach, oh,
0: you know, at least oh. here I'm in air
1: conditioning and like, you know, got my feet up. My gosh. You that's know? Hilarious. So, I mean, I know there's, that's, I'm, I know that these are first world problems, but you yes. know, you know, Hey, it's all about I was,
0: me. I'm just going to say, there's so many people going, Oh, poor Lee. He has to go out to the beach and work yeah, right. today. Oh no, no, but I totally understand uh, what you're saying. So before the uh, volleyball mag magazine, wh- wh- how, were you a writer? Did you, uh, Oh yeah, I was the uh, I was the LSU what
1: basketball beat writer for a long time at uh, the 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 Baton Rouge Advocate. Yeah, I taught Shaquille O'Neal how to do interviews. Um, no. I had him since he was just a six eleven skinny freshman. No, but I was uh, I was mainstream sports writer for a long long time. I worked thirteen years at the uh, Baton Rouge paper. I left there in '98. Um, one of the reasons was because I started enjoying volleyball stuff more than I did mainstream sporting events. And, um. But, uh, you know, I've freelanced. I do a television show, too, that I own, host, and produce in Baton Rouge. And uh, very fortunate um, to have done that. But, yes, yeah, so that's one of the things where, uh, you know, it's, just, it's an advantage for me as far as being a sports writer covering volleyball because there aren't too many of us who are so-called mainstream sports writers who, you know, move on into niche sports. Like we have a right. guy who writes for us named John Tawa, who people might remember from Prep Volleyball that he formed, but now he freelances for us at volleyballmag.com. And, you know, he was a sports writer, but, uh, you know, Don Patterson, who you might know from various entities, formerly from volleyball magazine a hundred years ago and still does stuff. Um, he, uh, you know, he is a sports writer, hmm. so you know, you but there tell. aren't that many, you know, like Dennis Punzel, for example, who does the great coverage of, of the Wisconsin volleyball team, you know, as a mainstream sports writer, but he doesn't do it, you know. He just still still works for the newspaper, if you will. So, you
0: yeah. know, that's interesting. So, take me back to Shack. So, you get to see Shaq as a, a freshman. What was Shack like back in back in college? Skinny? Oh wow, skinnier. funny. You know, the kid.
1: He, you know, he's not a kid anymore, but he was a wonderful kid. Always had a fantastic um, sense of humor. Always, and was always fun. But I'll, I'll give you one quick story. So, our first meeting was. Um, we sat in, in the Pete Maravich Assembly Center on the LSU campus. It was just me and him. We're sitting on the bleachers. It's like August of 19, I guess in 1989. Mm. And uh, we're just sitting there and I'm asking him questions. He's like, uh, uh, yeah, uh-huh, <laughs> no. And I was like, you don't like this, do you? And he goes, not, not really. And I said, well, we got a couple problems here. I said, number one, I, says, I, I come to every practice and I'm going to be at every, every game. We got to be able to um, you got to be able to talk to me. And I said, I got this feeling you might end up being pretty good and people are going to want to talk to you. So you might as well have some fun with it. And he's like, okay. So that was our, you know. And then we had a penultimate moment later that season. Um, back in the day, LSU and the SEC used to play a 9.30 Eastern Tuesday night game on ESPN because the Big Ten had the 9.30 time slot. and Bob Knight complained. So they switched it. So the Big Ten would play at 7.30, and the SEC would play at 9.30, which is just great for deadlines if you're a newspaper reporter. Sure. Yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> so they play at Tennessee, and the on, it's a late game, and game goes late, and LSU wins. And I got, like, enough time to run and get a quote or two. The story's mostly written. I got to get it in. and He's sitting on a bench. So, you know, and I'm 6'2 a half, right? And I come over, and, and we're, like, eye to eye sitting on the bench, right? And I said – you know, Shaq, blah, 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 blah. And he looks at me and he goes, uh-huh. And I just looked at him and I went, God damn it, Shaq, I am on deadline and I need something. And I hit him on the shoulder. And he just looked at me and he gave me this awesome quote. And I high-fived him and I ran. And we never had a problem ever after that. <laughs> it was like this great turning moment, right? It was so Yes.
0: Um, oh, man, that's and, uh, great. That's fantastic. because you know. Yeah, that's and that's so cool. You worked with like this Hall of Fame type of a guy uh in Shaquille O'Neal not type of guy a hall of fame well player. you had him
1: That's you a- know the coach was Dale Brown I know you've heard of Dale Brown and during that time those 13 years of being at the advocate I got to cover sports in 39 different states you know I got to interview people like John Wooden you know yeah. and on and on and it was uh, it was it was wonderful it was exciting
0: Cool. All, all right. Let's, let's talk a little, little bit thing. more about the matchups here today. So, right, So when we play tonight with Wisconsin yeah. versus Louisville, and you talked about Louisville and all the talent Wisconsin has, uh, what is Lee's pick for the national semifinal? Well, you know what? Let's say Wisconsin. Let's go to the other matchup with Nebraska taking on Pitt, the other big 10 ACC. What are your predictions? Well, because, um, a lot of people, uh, I think, are probably think, doubting yeah, ne-
1: Pitt. Yeah. I don't know if I doubt Pitt. I mean, obviously the record speaks for itself. Pits undersized, playing extremely well. You know, but you're still talking about two little outside hitters. Um, they have gone to that six two. So Rachel Fairbanks is playing so well for them on the right side and setting. You know, and Lecator member Monet, what she's doing on the outside, Serena Gray, the Penn State transfer, is just lighting it up at middle. I mean, there's just so many things about them, so many elements. Kayla Lund was hurt. She came back, she had a big game, you know, the big outside hitter, then she struggled. Yesterday I asked her about her uh, injury. No comment, you know. And she knew. She said. Yeah. She told me later. She goes, they just don't want me to say anything. But it's a strained abdominal muscle. But uh, so you got them. They're really good. I mean, they play. They, they're quick. They run a super quick offense. There's there's nothing not to like about them. I mean, hell, they're in the Final Four. They finished second in the ACC. You know, they're a good team. But Nebraska, and I told people this before the tournament. You know, on our own video cast that I do with Selima Rockwell and Jenny Hazel and Emily Eman. You know, going into this tournament, I said, everybody's sleeping on Nebraska. I said, they're good. You guys, they, they finished second in the Big Ten. Everybody goes, oh, they haven't decided who their outside hitters are yet. Well, who cares? They got so many options. They're so good. Yeah. And, you know, people are like, I don't know about Nebraska. Nebraska's good. Now, the one thing, and I'll say this to all the Wisconsin fans listening and any Nebraska fans are here, nobody roots for Nebraska except for Nebraska. Period. I don't care what anybody says. Now, maybe if there's a scenario and you're not a Nebraska fan, but if Nebraska beats so-and-so in the big 10, it might mean your team will do the X, Y, or Z, you know, like clinch a bid or something. Well, then you might root for them, but be honest. Nobody, nobody roots for Nebraska except for Nebraska fans. Am I wrong? I think you're spot on. I think you're right. Exactly. Well, like, you know, yeah, it's just one of those. It's just one of those. All that being said. Nebraska's playing extremely well. They're big and strong. They have just all the elements. And I think all of us would be surprised if Nebraska didn't beat Pitt, except for us. You know, there's just a small group of people besides the Pitt fans who think that. Mm-hmm. You fair? You okay
0: with that? The national semifinal tonight, the one I'll be broadcasting, you'll be watching. It's Wisconsin versus Louisville. Could the cards be 32 and done after tonight? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: you know, it's the same
1: scenario. When we went into this season, who did everybody say were the best two teams? Texas. Texas and Nebraska. Nebraska. From, to, yep. from top to bottom. It was Texas and Nebraska. And Texas ran into this buzzsaw. That Nebraska last week, those two freshmen, you know, that just played out of their minds, you know, Baton Horst and Krause. Um, Texas is a great, great team. and But they had flaws nobody thinks that the Wisconsin team has flaws. Oh, yeah, they you know, they lost you know a couple of matches to Purdue. By the way, those two matches to Purdue really screwed me up. You know the story I wrote about Sydney Hilly that we posted maybe about two or three weeks ago? I really like the story, by the way, a real nice feature on her. Both days, it was. I wrote the story, and it was supposed to run the Monday after they played Purdue the first time. And, of course, <laughs> they got killed, and I said, oh, I can't post that story tomorrow. That would just make me look stupid. So I didn't run it. So then I wait till the next Sunday, and I go, oh, I'll run it on Monday, not even thinking of who they're playing. And they lose to Purdue again. Oh, they're like, oh, my gosh, what the <laughs> heck is this? So I finally, you know, tinkered with the story and got up there. By the way, for you uh, Wisconsin fans, please go to it, volleyballbag.com and click on it. But anyway, no, was, uh, she's a delight. But um, they, they uh, you know, you take away those two losses to Purdue, and that was clearly Purdue playing really well. Great matchup for Purdue. You know, there's just, matchups are a big thing in, in volleyball. So there's that early loss to Maryland, right, where we all were like, what the hell? You call that match? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you must have been watching that match. I didn't watch it, because who would have watched Wisconsin-Maryland? There were other matches on to watch that. day. You know, and you know it was like yeah. one of those, where you, didn't you, you know, it must have been maddeningly frustrating. Plus, oh. but I mean, you take those away, and the body of work is every bit as impressive or more impressive because even when you're playing the bottom feeders of the big 10 and, and winning, you know, that's, that's amazing. Right. And, you know, and Wisconsin has just done that time after time, after time. So uh, I I've got to think Wisconsin's better and should win this tournament, you know,
0: but who knows, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you just predicted win this tournament. You just think no matter if Wisconsin advances, who they face, they'll have the – well, I mean, they've beaten Nebraska a couple of times, but if it's pit
1: Right. But, um, you know, Nebraska – yeah, Nebraska's right now just like Wisconsin, hitting on all cylinders, playing extremely well, extremely well coached. They got, you know, Wisconsin and John Cook. I mean, Nebraska and John Cook, you know that – they prepare as well as anybody to, to, to get ready for um, an opponent. And, you know, by, by all accounts, we should have three really good matches. Some years, though, you know, you come here and you think that and you got sweep, sweep, sweep. Thank you. Drive home safely. Or in yeah. my case, fly home safely at the crack of dawn on Sunday morning. I don't know why I do that to myself. Oh, so early. So.
0: Um, all right, final question for you. We did get a Twitter question in from uh, Rob What's up, Rob? Thanks for listening. Uh, why isn't college men's volleyball bigger slash more widespread?
1: Well, how many hours you got? So there's a couple <laughs> things at play. Number one is if you ever watch men's volleyball in person at a high level, it is absolutely wonderful spectacles. It's, it's just they jump so high. They hit so hard. The game is so fast, it's great. For some reason, it doesn't televise as well. It just loses something in the translation where the women's game doesn't. So that's number one. Number two is you got the Title IX problem. So we're we're slowly adding lots of men's volleyball programs around the country, but they're all being added on D3s and D2s and NAIAs. And nobody's adding them from... Division ones. And and you know, of course, like in the Big Ten, for example, you've got Ohio State and Penn State. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a damn shame that, for example, Wisconsin doesn't have a men's volleyball team because it would people there would embrace it. But athletic directors, because of Title IX, can't add men's sports or they're afraid to because of the balance. Life would be so much simpler if they could throw football out of the equation. So if right. you didn't have football to consider and then you had Title IX just based on what was left, the Olympic sports and, you know, and basketball, baseball, softball, all that, it would, it would be so much easier for everyone. Yeah. And I think that's a, you know, that's one of the big stumbling blocks and it's too bad because men's volleyball is, is great. It's the second fastest growing boys sport in America after uh, lacrosse. Hmm. Kids are playing, you know, I, I put on a tournament in Baton Rouge called the Baton Rouge block party in March And we became the first tournament in the Southeast. It's a girls' club tournament, but we added a boys' division. Last year, we had 24 boys' teams. This year, it looks like we're going to have over 30. They come from Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, and a couple other places. The sport's growing. And that's a good thing if you're a fan of our sport, especially after what happened in uh, Tokyo this summer where we didn't get into the medal rounds. And uh, it would be really good. But uh, um, on the other side... Not to discount all that. What a glorious time this is for girls and women's volleyball in America. We're lucky to be a part of it. And tonight's one another one of those examples.
0: Awesome. And Lee covers it all. Volleyball mag. You can go check out uh, the website. You got the Twitter up. uh, VB Magazine on Twitter. And um, Lee, I I appreciate. Too bad we couldn't get Dennis. His phone had some issues. Um, But I really do appreciate you taking some time, talking a little bit about the matchups this weekend. And a little bit about yourself in the background and how you got to where you are. So I appreciate your time. My pleasure, John. Always enjoy it. All right, there you go. mag.com. Go check it out. And once again, that Ian's keyword combo for you. If you are collecting the keywords for a chance at a $500 cash for the holiday prize, very merry is the keywords. Very merry. And uh, you can go check out past episodes and um, collect all those keywords, form that secret message, and DM me that secret message. And-